Well, hey, this is Joey Furjanic, lead pastor of the Block Church. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's an honor to share this time together with you. We hope this message will touch, impact, and transform your life and help take us one step further on our journey to revive every block. Uh, But, uh, you know, we start a new series today and uh, we've got about seven weeks or so until Christmas. Can you believe that? I know, I know. And so um, so we're beginning a new series that will kind of take us uh, through the end of, of our year. And uh, we're calling it Joy, Joy. And uh, we're gonna walk through the book of Philippians, uh, pretty much verse by verse. Might have to skip a few here and there, but, uh, but it's gonna be a great, 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 great series. Uh, and um, this is one of those series where, where um, I, you know, there's other... Con, there's other content I feel qualified to, to preach about. You know, we can, I could talk about finances or I can, I can talk about, you know, dating or different things like that. Uh, when, when it comes to joy, man, I get, I'm like convicted the whole time. And uh, I, 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 not, I don't always uh, practice um, joy, which we're going to learn is a practice. And uh, first of all, this is a great series to invite people to. Uh, but, but, but second of all, um, it's a good series for us as we enter this holiday season. Uh, because we can easily, easily, easily uh, kind of uh, forget what the holidays are all about. And this is going to align us. It's going to center us. And so I'm really excited to walk through the book of Philippians. These are always my favorite when I walk through the, the scriptures verse by verse. But what I want to do every single week of the series, and this will be exciting every week, is we're going to have a joy moment. A joy moment uh, where you're going to laugh or cry or dance or sing. And, uh, and I'm not going to bring anybody up to scare them. But today, here's my joy moment. Okay, so we've been walking through uh, Here to Stay. And uh, if you haven't turned in your commitment card, please, uh, uh, please do that over the next several weeks. But we've been, we've been asking a lot of you, church. And as you sit in Port Richmond right now, you certainly understand why this is so significant. Uh, however, uh, it's always important as a church that we sow where we want to go. And our whole goal here to revive every block is to reach people, to see people's lives revived. And, and so what we do is we've got to keep sowing into people. Uh, and and there's, a, there's some folks as we approach the holiday season who just need our church family to wrap their arms around them. And so here's our joy moment today at every location. Uh, if this person is in your location, you can make your way forward um, uh, and your, your location pastor or somebody will meet you. And uh, we ask their permission to do this. But uh, I just want to, we're going to bless some families as the holidays get started. Is that good? Okay. So in, in, in the Northeast, I want to invite Latifa. She's a single mom that serves faithfully on hospitality. We love you. Okay. We celebrate you. We want to bless you uh, right now. Uh, in Port Richmond, I want to invite Jazz, who's a single mom who just lost her dad and has a high-risk pregnancy, uh, which has made working really hard. But not only are we believing God for this baby and this life, but we're believing for a great holiday season for you uh, in Northwest. Uh, we're, we're believing for Manny. I'm not sure uh, Manny's there, but he's someone who serves faithfully on our UPS team there. His family has faced some financial trouble, but always finds a way to get to church. We love people like that and serve. 
in uh, Espanol, we're going to bless Paola, who's so faithful family and uh, whose water heater went out and we're helping them. Amen. And um, in Center City, uh, you can clap for all these. And then in Center City, uh, Theo and Nicola, who have been with us in Center City for years, have had some medical procedures and needed some help. Let's put a financial strain on them. So we're going to help them and bless them. Come on, let's give God a praise for this. There'll be more people in the next service, but, but, but guys, it's not, it's, it, look, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And, but when we're blessed, we are blessed to be a blessing. And so I hope you're filled with joy today as we bless others. And as we keep doing that through this whole series, uh, and as God blesses us with facilities and beyond, amen. amen. All right. Thanks. Well, hey, let's, uh, let's dive into week one of joy, study of Philippians. And um, my son, uh, I took him uh, trick-or-treating. All the religious people just got uncomfortable. I took him trick-or-treating. He was, he was, he was dressed as a warlock. And uh, I think I have a picture of him. Uh, I can't remember what he was. He was, uh, there's Maverick and Jovi, my two kids. And um, you know, he was a ninja turtle. That's right. And um, but what was so funny about about <laughs> Trick or Treating? He was with his little friends. It was so cute. And uh, they're running up to houses. And you know, Maverick was like the first one at the house, but he was also the last one to leave. Come on, somebody! What a leader, you know. <laughs> but I'm like, bro, what is taking you so long? And he's like, well, he's like, because the other kids are just like, oh, trick or treat. They take the candy. Maverick's like, I just wanted to assess the situation. I wanted to see what my candy options were. I said, bro, like, just take the piece of candy and leave. He's like, I, I, I want to choose. I said, what is wrong with you? And, uh, but I'm serious. He did this at every house. And it kind of made me think, like, we choose things that we want. We're, we're particular about what we want or even things we uh, don't want to do. So like, for instance, if, if our ultimate goal is like health or, or, or happiness, well, then we're going to exercise whether we like it or not. Um, if our ultimate goal is health or, you know, we're going to take medicine even if we don't like the medicine. Okay, these, these are simple principles, right? Uh, because we ultimately believe that like health will make us happy. Um, Happiness for a lot of people is their goal in life. And I, I want to, I kind of want to bring out some things here that, that maybe will contradict your way of thinking. But a lot of us, we go to work in order to make money, believing that enough money will make us happy. How many have found out that that doesn't actually work? Uh, we buy new stuff, believing it will fill a void and make us happy. Uh, we watch a movie or sports or something and realize that it doesn't always make us happy. <laughs> uh, we eat and we eat uh, because we think it will make us feel good and then eventually make us happy. Some of us, we gossip and spread dissension because we think it will take away our insecurities and make us happy. Uh, we don't seek happiness so that we can go to work or watch sports or buy stuff. We do these things really in pursuit of happiness. Okay, uh, happiness for many is the ultimate goal in life. Uh, people often say this, what, what good is money? It can't buy happiness, but they never say what good is happiness? It can't buy money. Happiness for many people is a universal goal. Okay, 
But I think there's a lot of confusion and false thinking around happiness. Happiness and joy are not the same thing. And you're gonna hear this, that statement over and over and over through these several weeks that happiness and joy, they are not the same thing. We need to separate them. Now, happiness is not bad. It just doesn't last and it doesn't get you through fire. Okay, you're gonna say amen again. So, so happiness is not a bad thing. Momentary pleasure, it's not a bad thing, but it doesn't last and it doesn't get you through the fire. Only joy does that. So I wanna help you understand today that as you're making choices, you can actually choose joy. So I wanna preach a message today titled, Make the Right Choice. Make the right choice. Make the right choice. Uh, and uh, I want to go uh, to the context of Philippians. Uh, Philippians uh, really is, here's, here's a little context. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nerd out for a little bit, okay? But we won't do this every week. But the church at Philippi is the first church in Eastern Europe. See that in Acts 16. Okay, Paul was the church planner. He was the founding pastor. And he started this from his second time there in about 49 AD. Philippi was a Roman colony in ancient Macedonia and modern-day Greece. Uh, Philippi was filled with retired Roman soldiers, so Jesus' followers were experiencing great resistance and persecution because of the deep Roman allegiance. Paul's writing this letter to the Philippians from prison in Rome around 62 AD. This is 13 years after he started the church. Okay, Epaphroditus is sent 800 miles from the Philippines to give Paul a financial gift, updates on their church, express their love and care to Paul. Paul sends a letter back. That's what Philippians is. Okay, he's sending a letter back, all right? It's arranged in several short reflective articles, making up four chapters. Everything is birthed from a poem in Philippians 2, verse 6 through 11. It's called the Messiah's Poem. Okay, go read it this week, but we'll cover it on week three. They would have sang it. It artistically tells Jesus' incarnation, death, burial, resurrection, and exaltation. Okay, that's what it's built around. All right, so let's begin Philippians 1, verse 1. This is the opening prayer to the church at Philippi. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi. Together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'll read the beginning of verse three. I thank my God every time I remember you. All right, so he's thanking their church for their gratitude and their generosity while he's imprisoned and abandoned. I don't know about you, but the last thing I'm doing is thanking you if I go to prison, <laughs> probably blaming some of you. Oh, he did that here to stay serious too long. Let's find something on him. Let's throw him in prison. What I would have been screaming is, why haven't you raided the jail and gotten me out of here? That's what I would have been doing because, well, I'm not Paul. He's a little older and I'm still being sanctified. I, I lost two championships in one day. 
Okay, I'm, I'm wondering why you haven't broken me out. But Paul seems content. How is this possible? Let me ask you a question. Is Paul happy right now? I don't know. I don't think so. Would you be happy if you were cold, naked, beat up, in a Roman prison, and all you got is, I don't know, some scribe or somebody writing for you. You got no tablet. You got no phone. You got no fresh food. You got no TV. You got no internet. It's just kind of dark, and there's nothing to do. Are you happy right now? See, happiness can only take us so far you're all going to end up, all of us are going to end up in scenarios and circumstances that are unfavorable. Hopefully you don't end up in a jail cell. However, you may end up in a situation like a hospital bed, like a painful relationship or a toxic relationship. You might end up in a bad job. You might end up in a really bad financial situation. We could go on and on, but at some point, your life may not always be perfect. And when it gets there, happiness ends. Paul has contentment and is finding joy because he's making a choice to practice it. God help us. So what's joy? Well, joy is kind of a blend of happiness, peace, contentment. All of these things that you activate at different times, but it, but it equals strength. That, that's really what joy is. It's this strength that's like, how did you get that? Uh, we, we start to see over the next several verses, strength coming out. Now, now, choosing joy and choosing that joy brings you energy. Nehemiah writes, in Nehemiah 8.10, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. On the contrary, the chronic absence of joy is weakness. Many people, and I've really had to change my words and my language, but many people honestly are very weak in their mind and then it eventually impacts their body because they don't have any joy so they're constantly emotionally breaking down, which is breaking down their body and limiting their potential. That's why the Bible says that joy, strength, peace, contentment, it is your secret weapon. If you can have joy in trouble, you can get through the trouble. Verse three, he says, and I'll read it again. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. He's remembering the work that he started 13 years ago. See, what, what, what precedes joy in your life? Look at this. This is how we begin to arrive at joy. It's a choice, but we begin to arrive there. What precedes it? In verse three, I thank my God. You ready? You should take notes. It's consistent thankfulness. And then he says, in all my prayers for all of you, then it's a prayer life. If friends, you want to arrive and begin to experience joy in your life, it's going to be a choice you make to be thankful no matter what and pray. That's where you go, ah, oh, amen. But, but it's really, it's not as complicated as we, as we think. Thankfulness changes our disposition. 
it impacts our attitude, our mood, and our body. And when we present out loud thankfulness, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing. And, and so when we're thankful, yes, you can be thankful in your heart. But honestly, thankfulness works in two ways. It works when you say it loud enough for your ears to hear it. Faith. And loud enough for the devil to know he's not winning today. And then it's a prayer life. And I know some people think of prayer life and joy like it's the flu. It's something you sort of catch. Others argue that it's in the genes. Either you got it or you don't. But the Bible talks about joy and prayer as a choice. Something we are to go after as an attitude to cultivate. In Galatians 5, joy is included as part of the fruit of the Spirit. Something, friends, that should grow out of your life just as apples grow out of an apple tree. In other words, if you are a believer, there are going to be fruit from your life. Now, as we learned last week, uh, there are some hang-ups and some things that we experience salvation we experience God and his spirit, but there might be some rooms in our life and in our souls and our temple that we got to clean out. Uh, and that, friends, is the work that helps us produce the fruit. You're like, I didn't get delivered last week. Amen, me neither. <laughs> you know, I think how, how deliverance often happens, it, it, it happens in a moment or, or it happens as a process. All of it is a combined faith work where we go and we evaluate ourselves and we begin to do the work. And as we do the work, we produce the fruit. Joy is a fruit that's promised to you, but if your tree and your root systems are bad, you're not gonna produce it. Starts, friends, with thankfulness, God help us, and a prayer life. I want us for a moment at every location, I want us to think of three things we're thankful for and whisper it to ourselves loud enough for our ears to hear it or the spouse next to us to hear it. On the count of three, let's be thankful. One, two, three. I'm thankful for my beautiful, amazing wife. I'm thankful for my kids, that they're healthy. I'm thankful for my church that I know that would bust me out of prison, unlike Paul's church. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't have anything to be joyful about. Well, maybe you are going through stuff. Maybe you lost a job or maybe you are going through a divorce or maybe your kids are insane, or maybe you can't find anything at the moment. But can I remind you that if you have Jesus, that's enough. It's not cliche, friends. It's the truth. You can't experience joy until you believe that Jesus is all you need. It's just the truth. Because here's what we see. We see Paul, who's got joy in a prison cell. Facing trial, facing death. And here he is. Ah, oh, I thank my God for all of you. 
You know why? Because Paul remembers it was him who was murdering people and God interrupted his journey on his way to killing others, on his way to killing Christians. And Jesus shows up and he says, Paul, why are you persecuting me? Why are you doing this to me? Stop it. I got better for you. And when Paul received the grace of God, that's unexplainable, that's undeserved. When Paul experienced mercy, joy came in. Oh man, were it not for grace, were it not for God changing my direction. And some of you will hear my voice listening to this. You got to remember how God turned things around for you. He changed things for you. You could have been where? You should have been here. But here you are. You hear my voice, you got your laptop open, you're at a location, you're, 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 you're like, what, man, how? And it's the grace of God. So if you got nothing to be joyful about, you think on these things. Verse six, love this one. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. One of my favorite passages in the Bible. This little verse is about salvation. It's about assignments. It's about gifting. It's about opportunities. But more than anything, it's about the process that we go through. I've had to choose joy many times over in the midst of God doing the work in me. And I'm, I'm, I'm still a work in progress, but friend, you're going to have to choose joy in the midst of God doing his work in you. So question that you want to ask is this, is what has God started in you? What good work has God started in you that you need to trust in him to complete? And if you know Jesus, well, it's a promise that he started a work in you. Maybe you're married to somebody who doesn't know Christ, but somehow you met Jesus. Well, the work that God started in you is going to impact them. Oh, you find yourself in an office. You find yourself in a, you find yourself in a, in a, in a turbulent situation at a workplace, at a school, at a, in a city, whatever it is. And, and, and you were going one way, but then God arrested your heart and he's doing things in you and, and, and you're not where you want to be, but, but, but you're on your way because you're not who you used to be. Is it possible that God wants to complete the work in you because it's supposed to impact others in your life? It is. You got to hold fast to these scriptures, these words. Do you think that Paul, when God rescued him and transformed him and filled him with his spirit, do you think overnight uh, Paul got rid of the, 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 the rough edges on the cuff of his jeans, if you will? No, in fact, the, the Bible says that kind of Paul, uh, it alludes to the idea that Paul kind of sneaks away for, for an extended time period as God begins to develop him. Well, we can't rush God's process, but however, we can align and be obedient and God can expedite some things that God to change. Your obedience with God 
uh, and, and your, your willingness to submit and surrender, no matter how long it takes, uh, it certainly will make the process of transformation, uh, and regeneration, the, the, the process of sanctification. It will make these, these big words, it's really you becoming a disciple, all that you're meant to be. It will make this process just a little bit smoother if you just submit and surrender and be obedient. Uh, because a lot of times what happens to many of us is, is we, we, instead of resisting the devil and drawing near to God, we're like, well, I kind of got this God thing, but I want to kind of keep some of my devils around. And when I do that, what I do that is then I have to repeat uh, these, 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 these discipleship tests I go through. And then we just round around the mountain. Here we go. And it's like, hey, let's resist the devil. Let's resist the enemy. Let's immerse ourselves fully into the kingdom. And let's see God do the work in us no matter how long it takes. That's what Paul's talking about. In verse 7, um, and I'll try to wind down here in an impossible way. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have, have you in my heart. And whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. Guys, this is, this is so annoying. Because he's like, he's like, it's almost like bragging at this point. You know, Paul writes about this. If I'm going to boast, I'm going to boast in Christ. It's almost like, I know you guys are free and I know you guys are out there, but like, I'm doing good in here. I'm remembering you. I love you. I bless you. Sure, I'm probably going to die in here. They're going to torture me to death. But like, hey, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? And I'm like, huh. Come on, man. Can you just like have a problem or something? He's like, I do. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm in chains. I'm just making a choice. And what he's saying is, is what he's saying is, is, is I've got affection for all of you. No matter what, we have each other. This is, this is the body of Christ. We're going to spend eternity together. And I deeply love you. And if I'm in prison, listen, he's saying this. Everybody, you got to catch this. If I'm in prison, the same grace that's providing me this joy that's given to me, you got the same thing. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Christ and Christ crucified. Like we all got the same thing. And that's why... Things like last week where we had a special day where we spent time overcoming hangups and seeking deliverance from the enemy in our life. It's an extremely powerful day. And then in the evening, we spend even more time doing it. And, and why days like that are so powerful? Because I'm watching people from different backgrounds and different places become unified. I'm seeing on people's Instagram stories, people going out to dinner together after and lunch and connecting because people are crying together and they're doing battle together. And like, this is kind of Paul's vision while he's in prison, that while I'm in chains, I want you to be free. And I want you to have this bond of unity, this one accord love for one another, which is what he's saying is this. When I win, you win. When you win, I win. I might be in prison, but if you're winning, if you're loving God, if you're loving each other, if you're growing together, if you're becoming disciples that God's called you, all these things, like if that's happening, like that brings me joy. I'm good. If you guys just act right, I'll be real happy even though I'm in prison. 
And, and, and I want to show you something that's so powerful. I want to show you some of these before and after uh, pictures of, of our new Port Richmond building. Like, I, wanna, I want you to see uh, what it was and now what it is. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's a lot of, that's a lot of seed sown. That's a, that's a lot of man hours and manpower and financial sacrifice. Look at even uh, the, the lobby that, that once was this and now is that. I mean, it's beautiful. It's just a little picture of what's to come. And while Port Richmond and Espanola are winning right now, guess what? Because they're winning, so are you and I. All right, I, I'm running out of time, but I want to just read this last... Um, I'll read this last voice, but I think the, the point I'm making, and, and you can take that off the screen, but the, the point I'm making is this, is, is it's a choice. It's a choice to be happy for other believers. It's a choice to celebrate with other people. It's a choice to weep with those who weep and, and laugh with those who laugh. It's a choice that this is what joy is. Gotta make the right choice. In verse nine, and, and I'm closing, he says, and this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and you may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. This is my prayer. So friends, you wanna grow in joy? It starts with choosing to pray. And how do we begin our prayers? We begin our prayers with thanksgiving. When Paul writes that I pray without ceasing, I bet you some of his prayers are not this formal, I bow my head, I close my eyes, I do my cross, I do all this stuff. It's probably just walking throughout the day going, I thank you, God, that I'm not who I used to be. I thank you that I would have killed that person for trying me, but now I've prayed for them and they got healed. It's like, I thank you, Lord. I've got thankfulness flowing from me. I start my prayers with gratitude that I've got you and you're enough. But I want to pray this prayer over you, church family. And, and I, want to, I want to believe God uh, for this over your life. So I want every location. I want you to stand to your feet, but I don't want anybody moving. No volunteers, nobody. I want to pray this blessing over you. Every location. And, 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 um, and I want you to go and receive this and then go practice joy this week. But he says in verse nine, be loving. So I want you to close your eyes. I want to pray that over you. I pray Holy Spirit right now as the leader of this house and as the pastor right here, I pray God uh, that there would be a transfer of the kind of love that I feel for this body that they would begin to feel for one another. God, I pray that they would begin to feel love for their lost friends and family who live on their block, at their workplace. God, I pray that you would overwhelm our church body with love today. I pray God also that you would increase their knowledge. In other words, I pray that there would be a maturation and maturity that takes place in our body over this next season. That immaturity, uh, that gossip, that dissension, that bitterness, uh, that, that things that would mess with your church, that it would cease and leave and that they would grow in knowledge and maturity in this season. I pray also for more depth of insight into their life, into their situations and circumstances. I pray that you would pour out wisdom and a 
spirit of holiness, I pray that you would give them the ability to know when to ask for the raise, to know what kind of positions to move into, what jobs to say yes to, what jobs to say no to, what houses to buy, what houses to sell. I pray for favor over our church body like never before. I pray for discernment in their life. I pray for those who are single right now, making decisions, God. I pray that you would block from them toxic and bad relationships and people who do not know you in Jesus name and lastly I pray for purity over this house I rebuke the spirit of sexual sin that hurts and breaks and steals and ruins and I pray for covenant eyes and covenant hearts I pray that you would grow marriages in this house in Jesus name I pray Holy Spirit that you would bring people together who need to be married and separate people who are not yet married that don't need to be married I pray right now in Jesus name that you would give single people and even married people I come against right now the spirit of adultery and cheating break that right now in Jesus name I pray for purity in this house right now a hunger for you a hunger for you a hunger for you like we never had in Jesus name I believe that's how Paul would pray for the church at Philippi and that's how I'm praying for you today and at every location, with every head bowed, every eye closed, everybody standing, this is the most important question I can ask today. Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? If you're not, now's the time. The Bible says you're not promised tomorrow. Maybe at one point you followed Jesus, but you don't anymore. At one point you were, you were following him, you were, you were seeking him, but, but you're not anymore. And this is the moment to come home, or maybe you've never invited Jesus to be your savior, to be your Lord. And if that's you, if that's you and you want to get right with God today, you want to begin a journey with God today at every location, if that's you, would you lift your hand up right now? I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Every location, I got to get right with God. I got to begin a journey with God. Come on, lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. I'll wait for you. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. This changes everything. At every location, I believe hands are going up. I, I, I see it. We're praying for you. We're coming to you. If your hand went up, one of our prayer team members is going to come to you. If you're online, I want you to pray this prayer. But every location, let's pray this loud and proud, loud and proud, uh, receiving salvation today. Can we say this? Can we say, Jesus, thank you for the cross. I receive your grace today. Forgive me of my sin. I give you my life. I'm home today. Raise me to new life like you were raised be my leader be my savior and be my king for the rest of my days in jesus name amen listen to me church if you prayed that prayer we believe you are saved come on heaven is your destiny your best days are ahead it may not get easier but come on it's gonna get better let's give it up for all those who crossed the line of faith today Thanks so much for joining us today. I especially want to thank those of you who give generously to help us revive every block. If you enjoyed this message, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, screenshot it, and post your social stories and tag us at The Block Church. We'd love to hear from you and how you found this encouraging and inspiring. Thanks again, and God bless you.